The following is a conversation about time travel and its consequences with a bit of a comedic tone. Enjoy, guys. Welcome back, everybody. Yes. We are back after a long hiatus. I don't know if we're going to go into another hiatus after this or not, but welcome back. Uh, today, we'll be talking about uh, time travel and its common consequences yeah. and ramifications and... Uh, Maybe, who knows, maybe uh, a reverse cum shot would be part of a conversation or not. I think that's just your uh, urethra problem. <laughs> right? You, you suck in the... Yeah, yeah. Ah, it, yeah. See, this is the reason why, because you complain about us getting stuck in the whole porn sub topic, but yeah. you start this shit. You asking for it. I'm, you know... Yes, that's what she said. That's not not see see. There we go. See, <laughs> there we go. Have have some have some control. Have some control. All right. All okay. Right. So we're gonna talk about time travel and its consequences. Okay. Uh, where where do you think is a nice jumping off point? Let's talk about Marty McFly almost banging his mom. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> the OG. Yes. <laughs> where it all began. The where it all began. Yeah. yeah. Back to the future. And also, you know, and also Terminators uh, and John Connor sending back his, his daddy to fuck his mommy. mom so that he could exist. So he, yeah. Yeah. A, a cream pie needed to happen yeah. in order for Judgment Day yeah. to be avoided. Yes. Ish. Yeah. The, the, leader, of res- the leader of resistance yes. <laughs> needed cream pie yeah. to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Delivery of cream pie through space and time. In order to make I feel sure like Neil deGrasse Tyson yeah. is bound to that ship. That's that gif of him just like going through the blue shift when he's traveling <laughs> at light speed, looking like he's getting sucked off by like Mr. Freeze or some shit. Oh, God. Because I, mean, I imagine it's a cold, I imagine it's a cold blowjob. Yeah. For, Delivered by for Arnold. Him. Yeah. <laughs> cool blowjob. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, there is this really interesting subplot of like time travel being used, you know, tangentially for for sexual or romantic or love interests. Yeah, there's multiple paradoxes that are all directly related to the very fact of being conceived. Yes. And there is a gra- not the grandfather's is it no no? It's a bootstrap paradox one. Another yes. one is the grandfather's paradox. Yes, and the whole thing about you. Sent, there's one about I think it's, I I'm kind of mixing them up a little bit because yeah, they're all sometimes somehow has connection to fucking yourself at some point or fucking sort somebody of. who's related to you, or sending someone to fuck your mom. Uh, grandfather paradox is about how in a stable time loop you can't kill your own granddad because you can, you won't be around to send yourself back into time. Yes. A bootstrap paradox, I su- I can't. Is a bootstrap paradox is about the John Connor part. That right. Is when you send somebody back, or yeah. you you go back in time, meet someone, bang him, hoping you didn't get them pregnant, and then you meet somebody your own age that you have to send back through time. Which would be your dad. So it's the establishment of a of a of a stable time loop. Yeah. Right. Uh, if you've ever played like one version of Marvel versus Capcom, yeah. you play cable, and yeah. one of the abilities is that he summons a time clone. Ah, okay. Right. Which is also a thing that Kang the Conqueror does. Mm. So your clone is actually just you 
having gone back into time at the same time that you did the super move or when you summoned him, yeah. assuming that you win the fight. Yeah. But the probability of you being able to do that move increases the more time clones you have. Yeah. So you had to keep setting clones of yourself over and over and over again in order to make sure that it happens in the future. Otherwise, you bump into a grandfather paradox situation. Yeah. The What was this? Uh, there was a movie with Ethan Hawke played it. It was a horrible film, but it is based on, I think it's one of these, the whole idea about you conceiving yourself. Yeah. That if you're born as a man with a womb mm-hmm. and then you lose it and you have a vagina and you go back through time and you meet your previous self when you were a man and fall in love with yourself mm-hmm. when you were a man and then you fuck yourself, therefore giving birth to yourself. It's essentially that Ouroboros symbol of like never-ending loop of you being both your father and your son. So what you're saying is Caitlyn Jenner is a time traveler. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I just need to make sure. <laughs> I just needed to make sure. Yeah. Poor, 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 poor Caitlyn. Oh dear. Um, but yeah, there is this very interesting plot. This this subplot on a lot of a lot of time travel movies involve a love story. Yeah, whether it's Interstellar, whether it is the time traveler's wife, yeah, 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 oh, that was yeah. very emotional. Yeah, yeah, um, the time machine, time machine the, is, with the guy the, with Guy Pierce with time. Well, or the original time machine. Yeah, right? the, 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 based the on the book, book. H.G. Yeah. Wells. Yeah, there's always a subplot of like romance in in time machine. Also, there was this one movie by that was starring Christopher Reeves where he traveled back in time by essentially hypnotizing himself. To to experience the past. Oh yeah, okay. I can't remember what it's called. Christopher Reeves turned back time twice, and one on Superman yeah. where Lois dies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, turning not... back time for for love. A lot of people talk about like turning back time for like love or romance or the or the necessity to produce uh, an heir or some shit. Uh, the, okay, like. All right, talking about the time machine, the original H.G. Wells' mm. uh, book, and a good movie, by the way, very yeah, very yeah, fair yeah. adaptation. Right. Uh, hit on the marks that it needs to hit. Right. Uh, Guy Pierce, Guy Pierce, was it Guy Pierce? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The he uh, his wife dies. Yeah. Uh, his soon to be wife gets killed. Yeah. He creates a time machine to go back and try to change the event. Yes. Changes the event. Either way, the wife dies anyway right. in another in a different manner. Right. And at one point, he realizes that I can travel back mm-hmm. a thousand times, and I can watch her die a thousand ways. Yeah. I can never save her. Yeah. So she travels through time to the future. Yeah. And meets um, Jeremy Irons' great grandson. Yeah. And Jeremy Irons is now like this creature yeah. who tells him this idea that. The very fact of her death is the reason you created a time machine in the beginning. Right. And if she doesn't die, you never did this. Exactly. It's a, it's, That's the catalyst for you to be here. Yeah, it's a fixed point. It's a fixed point. So uh, it's like there is this. There is one of the Marvel what ifs mm-hmm. that that involves Doctor Strange and yeah. him wanting to travel back into time to save his. To save, uh, I forget what her name is, but yeah. you know what? Okay. 
talking about. Yeah. And he does it so often. It doesn't matter how many times he does it. He can't save her. She just keeps dying. Yeah. So he discovers some grand power that, you know, that allows him to, to, to change a fixed point. But it ends up destroying the universe. Yeah. 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 Uh, before I continue on, because it's like the subject of love comes. Mm-hmm. It's like, why is love always associated with time travel? Yeah. I, I'm not going to roil it down procreation. Maybe I will, I will fix it on the fact of like just the whole notion of what love is. Mm-hmm. And in Interstellar is somewhat mentioned that... Uh, and Hathaway is in love with one of the scientists who's right. left before in previous missions. Right. And she was want to make a decision based on the concept of love itself. And yeah. that is the only thing that transcends any other feeling, mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. Now, you can look at it and think like that is uh, something that's full of shit. Mm-hmm. Or you can look at it and be like, okay, what? why is that the main catalyst? And then you think about it, it's like, that is the reason for any other event to occur for right. you. I mean, you search for love. Right. So that it goes to the idea of like love is a catalyst of everything else that you're going to do in your life. And it's right. going to be the main catalyst for the guy uh, guy appears to make a time machine in right. H.G. Wells. He did, her death was the catalyst of the whole right. thing. But love was the... Her death was a trigger. Mm. Love was a catalyst. Right. Love was the main source of every action he took on everything on from there on. Right. And I think that and it, I'm supposed the point is that you should the drive of the human being is based on that. Kinda, kinda. But it's really interesting that we have this innate, this innate uh, connection that we that we form this link between. Um, love in whatever form yeah and the and the notion of time the passage of time yeah um a really 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 good example of this is uh, arrival oh yeah yeah right yeah oh yeah that that had time travel in, in a sense yeah. yeah so spoiler alert yeah for those of for those of you who haven't watched Arrival, I, I highly suggest you do so. It's a brilliant piece. It's brilliant piece. It's based on a short story um, whose name right now I can't remember. If you, you know, read the short story and also watch the movie because the short story has a bunch of like interesting detail about the internal thoughts of the characters as well. Uh, but the story involves a, a scientist who learns an alien language that allows her to perceive time non-linearly yeah uh it's based on a on the sacred wolf hypothesis a strong version of that hypothesis hypothesis that tells you how you think is dictated by the language that you know um and it has detractors but in the case of the movie learning this language gives you the ability to see time in a in a non-linear fashion and she sees time at first, you think that these are flashbacks to things that she's already she's already encountered, and you think that that's how it influences her relationship with a coworker. You keep saying she has visions of a girl, yes, of a little girl, and at first you think she knows what she's looking at, but yeah. then you realize 
she has no idea what the fuck she's seeing no. this little girl in her visions yeah and it really like for, of course at the end it all comes together right that she realizes that she's seeing to the future not to the past that's right to the future and the fact that the girl dies yes and that she is divorced but then we realize that she's not even divorced in real time she really realize she's going to be divorced in the future like yeah. her husband's going to leave in the future yeah. And the daughter dies. The, the daughter, daughter is dies. dead. In the book, it's far more harrowing because the daughter doesn't die as a child. The daughter grows up into a woman who goes mountain climbing and she dies from a fall. Ah. So it's far more tragic. Yeah. But what's really interesting is even knowing... She still... Yeah. She still decides to go on. There's an iconic line from the short story where the way she proposes marriage to her co-worker that she's fallen in love with is, is do you want to make a baby yeah jeremy and, renner yeah and it's and it's like it's twisted in a sense it's it? a little twisted but it's also painfully honest yeah it's very very vulnerable like you're looking to this other person that you have feelings for and you know they have feelings for you and you're cutting right through the fat to, to like the ultimate expression of a stable relationship because you know it's going to happen. Yeah. So you go right to the point and you right. go to this person. No, like, will you marry me? No, nothing. Do you want to make a baby? Do you want to have a child with me? Do you want to have a child with me? And that couldn't happen if she didn't be, if she wasn't able to see time non-linearly. No. And that's a very interesting thing. The idea that when you know... Even what? knowing that the husband would leave her, even knowing because uh, most probably she does tell the husband that right. I knew of yeah this, and he won't be able to handle the fact that even though you knew, you still went on with this, right? And now I I lost my daughter, yeah, and it's hers to. I mean, I understandably blame her, right, uh, for it. So my counterpoint to her having done something wrong is this. Have you ever seen Big Fish? Mm -hmm. No. So there's this like old Ewan McGregor movie about uh, a father who has who was visiting his his dying father. I remember now. Yes, his dude is his dying father, and it's played by Ewan McGregor. And this dude is telling tall tales about what his life was really like. And there are all of these fantastic things. Like he went, he joined the circus. He he caught a giant fish that was like this mythical creature in a lake somewhere in like Mississippi or whatever, right? And it's like this 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 tale that's almost like an Odyssey-like tale, like a Greek legend sort of thing. Yeah. And then it's kind of like Life of Pi, where we know it's bullshit. Yeah. But you're taken you're taken along with the story because the story is far more interesting than reality, and you let them live his fantasy right up to his death. Because what does it matter if it's bullshit, right? Yeah. But what's interesting is when they get to the funeral and you see the people who show up for the dude's funeral, you realize that, oh, there were twins. They just weren't Siamese twins. And there was a giant and there was a dwarf and there were all of these other people. He was embellishing it, but it was kind of true. Yeah. And there was a giant fish in the, in the, in the pond in the lake that he was fishing in. Mm. It might not have been a giant sentient creature with magic powers, but it, there was. Right. So the reason why I bring this up and it and how it pertains to time travel is that the reason why he managed to live such a long, 
fulfilling, rich, fantasy-filled life was because Helena Bonham Carter plays like a witch mm. in this story that she she supposedly has a glass eye mm. and she has the power to tell you how you die. Mm-hmm. And everybody runs away from it because they're scared to know. But he wants to know. He wants to know how he dies. Mm. So she shows him how he dies. And when he says, and when she, when he learns how he dies, he is never afraid of death again. Because no matter what crazy situation or stunt or bullshit that he gets himself into, he tells himself, no, nah, it's fine because I know this is not how I die. Mm. So you you've been you've been given an access into the future, yeah. right? Which is you know prescience is a kind of time travel, mm-hmm. right? Your mind travels into the future basically, and because of that, it liberates you from feel from fearing the immediate future. Now, some people would like would just be dreading the day until they die. Yeah, like some people knowing how knowing that they're gonna die makes them give up on everything because what's the point? But this dude, he realizes the little twist. Like if you know how you're gonna die, you don't have to be afraid of anything until that point. You can do whatever you like to do and right. want to do and live the life you want to live. So going back to arrival, yeah. you know all of these things are gonna happen, but you also know how good it's going to be when it's good. Yeah, you're still gonna get your daughter. You're still gonna be in love. You're still gonna be have this relationship. Yes, it's gonna suck, but you know that it's it only sucks because you had this good life. Yeah, mm, that's beautiful. And it's and it's like the ultimate proof of bravery, right? Because you take on the suffering, even you take though you suffering. know. Yeah, but you but you take it on with yeah. your head up and. Yeah. Try to enjoy it actually. Right. In a weird way, you yeah, actually try way. to take it on with the uh, take it on with grace. Yes. I would suppose that's the word to say. Because we're all gonna die anyway. Yeah. Right. We're all like we were talking to a friend who was saying that everybody time travels just very slowly forward. Yeah. And we all know that eventually we're gonna die anyway. We just don't know how. Yeah. And it makes us scared and it makes us worry and we know what's gonna happen to other other people and it, it might happen. To them before we get a chance to figure out what we're going to do when it happens. You know, we've had like friends and family members die on us and we just never knew how to cope because it never occurred to us. One day this could happen. Yeah. But I think that's the reason why human beings associate time and by extension time travel with love because we also associate it with mortality. Yeah. Right. How finite it is. How finite it is. And in the case of like, you know, those stories where you go back in time to save somebody you love, it's inevitable that you, you'll fail because you wouldn't do this if the person didn't die. Yeah. It's a stable time loop. And it's interesting how we also know that tampering with time is probably a bad idea, almost as if you're quite literally living in the past and we know that's bad for us. Yeah. What was it? Um... I've never heard of a successful tale, like any tale that has to do with time travel and somebody going into the past and trying to, especially in the past. Yeah. Now, theoretically, the idea is that you can never, when you make a time machine, you can only go to the back, to the point of making the time machine. You cannot go previous to that. So you cannot go to 50s and 60s and all of that. If you made it today, 
you can a month from now you can come back to today right but you cannot go anything further back that, that's the logical conclusion but yeah. when you're dealing with like say back to the future when you go back to the past and you fuck everything up um or like or like i can't remember what this name of this novel was um but somebody goes back in time, steps on a butterfly. I I've seen there was a movie about it as like well. The Sound of Thunder or something like that. Yeah, the go the thing is that the concept is that even the smallest change in the past can have like horrible right um, horrible uh, aftermath for the future. Yeah, and he goes steps on a butterfly, and almost the end of the world occurs. In, yeah, in, on this on this front. Yeah, 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 and he has to go back and stop himself from stepping right. on the butterfly. Yeah, like that was the whole arc. That was that. the whole thing. So we kind of know that you know that time travel, going back to the past, mm. is is kind of like a metaphor for living in the past. That it's not good for us. Living yeah. in the past is not very good for us. We see this in that particular short story slash movie. We see this in Back to the Future. Where Marty Bufly fucks up the future when he changes too much of the past. Oh well, actually it was Biff Tannen. Yeah. He he stole the almanac and then changed the future, right? And it was a terrible future. Um so we kind of know that going back to the past is a bad, you know, fucking idea. But we do obsessed with it in a sense. We're kind of obsessed with it. We're so obsessed with it that we've there is one except there's a couple of exceptions. Number one, when you're trying to preserve the past, right? Like yeah. sending the Terminator back in order to rescue Sarah and John Connor. Yeah. Right? Because you know that Skynet is gonna be doing it. Yeah. Um like there was this Actually one Actually making the event. Some people go back to make it like also like kind of ties with that, like you go back. To change the time, change yeah. something, but then you realize that what you're doing is actually making that thing happen. Yeah, yeah. The again, it's a the, a bootstrap paradox, stable, yeah. stable time loop. Um, another cautionary tale about time travel is again, Umbrella Academy. Oh, I still haven't got around to watching that show. Uh, yeah. Well, if you ever watch it, there's a lot of time travel. Yeah, and it's a very convoluted plot. Mm. Their powers are kind of tied to time travel in a sense. Mm. But again, with the time travel, like love is a plot, is a huge plot in the time travel. Like one of the characters goes back, finds somebody that they fall in love with, you know, and, you know, the there's a kid there that when they grow up actually becomes a problem. Mm. Um and they try and tamper with like the assassination of JFK and it fucks up the universe and all this shit. Right. Again, we know that tampering with the past is bad. With the exception of maintaining the past for yeah. whatever reason, Terminator. There's one cartoon show on Cartoon Network called Time Squad. I think I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a there was like a little kid with like a encyclopedic knowledge of history. Uh, a large burly dude with a Texan accent that kind of looked like a Robocop and he was like a meathead military mm. guy and a gay robot. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why the robot's gay, but he is. Hey, who are you to judge? I'm not look. Hey, I'm gay bot is fine. <laughs> gay bot is perfectly fine. I just 
Was he a giver or a receiver? That's I, the question. He was very flamboyant. <laughs> okay. Very, very bitchy robot. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the whole point of that show was that you got to go back in the past because somehow the time, the time, uh, the timeline deteriorates as it gets older. Yeah. So you got like Edgar Allan Poe suddenly get becoming very chirpy and and joyful. We got to figure out a way how to make him depressed again to make sure that it's yeah. It's stuff like that. And the second ups, uh, exception to going to the past and changing it being bad, uh, Bill and Ted. Yeah, Bill and Ted Excellent Adventures. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's fun. That's yeah. fun when you go back in time and just fuck around with it a little bit because there's no, there is a bootstrap paradox there, kind of, mm-hmm. because they keep, there's this one, there's this one scene where they keep, keep having to escape from some, from somebody. And they promise to themselves that they'll go back in time after they go through all of this in order to like set up a trap. Yeah. Or, you know, give themselves a key or some shit. Right. That's very clever. Like, okay, you 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 instead of a time clone like yeah. Kang or Cable, you're you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna give myself a to-do list after I do all of this. <laughs> oh god, I'm hacking time. These guys are supposed to be dumb, but they're actually very smart when it comes to non-linear thinking over time and space. You know? Um, and they they make friends with death. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Which is my favorite character. He, he's, he's a great character. Yeah. He's a very good character. You know? We, we are talking about time travel <laughs> and time being a, being a function of human understanding of mortality. This These dudes challenged death to checkers yeah 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 they did that oh, i missed that i want to watch that again you should yeah. it's great it's a really good movie and you get to see a young john wick yeah be- before the puppy before before the puppy yeah before he pop his first cherry yeah <laughs> the first kill yeah first headshot first headshot first stabbing first stabbing yeah um, he was best friends for death for a reason you see yeah <laughs> see they call him baba yeah yeah <laughs> see this makes so much sense this is the reason why john wick is so good at killing because he's best friends with death he's best friends with death they're in the band together there go. <laughs> death played the cello yeah well, the upright bass, I don't know, but you know what I mean. 30 minutes solo. Yeah. <laughs> did you watch the sequel? I did watch the sequel. I watched both. It's like, was... we don't need a 30 minutes no. guitar solo no. in the middle of the 30 minutes. Man. He was best friends with Death and George Carlin. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, George. Uh, yeah, that was that's a that's an insane show when you realize the who's on it. Yeah, there, there was now it's like my mind is like going on the race like all the shows that had the whole concept of like time travel. There was a there was one with Mr. Bean. Yeah, where he was in a little time machine that he went back and punched Shakespeare in the face. Understandable. <laughs> and the, yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Look, yeah. you wrote Hamlet to be an insufferable prick. Why did you do this? Yeah. <laughs> and like force all the British people to like learn that fucking foul ass poetry. Which I, actually they put into Harvard. Uh, put, they put Shakespeare through Harvard referencing system. And yeah. it came out 80% like stolen from other material. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Not so original not now, no, are you? Of course not, no. I think a lot of people don't realize that Shakespeare was like, he's writing for the peanut gallery at the bottom. So yeah. it's not, 
in a way, Shakespeare was the was the Michael Bay of his time. Yeah, <laughs> just box office to shit. Yeah, very much Fucking so. Transformers, copy paste. I mean, they both do make a lot of nutsack jokes. <laughs> actually, come to think of it, a lot of genital jokes in Shakespeare. Anyway, back to, time back to time show. Harry Potter. Harry Potter's the, yeah. in order for him to not get ass fucked by a werewolf yeah. uh, Hermione had to yeah. go back in time and make a werewolf noise right but, but what's ironic is that he could have gone back and yeah. saved himself from becoming Harry Potter now but he couldn't do no, it no he couldn't do it because he wouldn't have been he, he wouldn't have been Harry well he would have been alive but he wouldn't have been Harry Potter like I mean, he wouldn't be he, he wouldn't be with Hermione his life would have a complete different trajectory See, this is the th- see. This is the thing about like stable time loops is they're very limited, but they're also very interesting when you set them up as a plot twist. Yeah. Right. Because you don't realize that the reason that the reason why the thing is happening is you. Yeah. Right. Um, Which kind of sucks for the Harry Potter story because you kind of would go like, why won't have well, Voldemort like looking for all this kind of shit? Why didn't just like search for Hermione's necklace? Uh, <laughs> That that motherfucker could have they was ex machina himself out of a lot of problems. Because the way how I see it, Voldemort already won. And hmm. at that point, because Voldemort already killed Harry Potter, already killed Harry Potter's parents. Yeah. Right? And there's no point in killing Harry Potter because he's a Horcrux. Yeah, he couldn't do that. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So it makes no difference. Voldemort's already won. Yeah. So it's up to the kids to undo his win. That's essentially the whole point of Harry Potter's plot. Yeah. Come to think of it. Um, So ironically, what you should do is make sure Hermione never gets the thing. Mm. But it doesn't make a difference because you wouldn't be going back in time if your parents didn't get killed. So, you know, it's this whole stable time loop thingamajig. Mm. Right? Um, But a really, really good application of stable time loop as 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 plot twist is have you watched attack on titan yes i have yeah, yeah. You which know, one which episode the uh, okay so by the way you, i am severely confused by attack on titan i think you should be uh, yeah. past season one it stopped past season two it stopped making sense Oh. And I followed up a manga, and I'm yeah. like, it's something that says as if, like, okay, who are the bad guy? Who are the good guy? Okay, bad guys are Titans, and good guys are Titans, too, but there's, like, a mixed bag of everything. Yeah, kind of. And uh, Aaron is, like, he, be- I know that he becomes the cause of the damnation, and he knows it because he's seen the future. Yeah. So it was very difficult for me to, like, piece it together. <laughs> well, because... At some point, the way how Aaron's t- mind works is that it's a stable time loop, right? Yeah. Because the whole time he had caused his own, all of the things that, all of the things, all of the bad things that happened to him. Yeah. Were actually him going back into time, telling him, telling all the people involved to do the things. Yeah. Because at this point, it's sort of like inevitable, right? Yeah. And that's kind of the thing with stable time loops as a plot twist, they're very interesting when you find out. Mm. But it's also kind of bleak when it's like a when it's like a horror tragedy sort of situation with Attack on Titan because you realize there was no changing this. No. Was, that, that 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 really fucked 
Aaron up in mentally. Yeah. It was like, I can't get out of this. Yeah. And he even tried. Like, yeah. there was a very uh, distinct case of it, like, to re- represent that moment mm-hmm. is that he'd invite him to a party in a village. Right. With some of the villagers are like, let's just yeah. drink and have fun. And he, right. rem- the person who says him to come to the party and he looks at them and he remembers because he's seen it in the future. Yeah. He crushes them under his feet. Yes. When he grows into, into, into a titan. Yeah. And he's talking to the guy and he knows that he's going to die. And yeah. he's trying to avoid it. But then he's like, kind of surrenders to it. It's like, yeah, I can't change this shit no matter how much I try. Right. And that's, that's the tragic part of Attack on Titan. Attack on Eren. On Eren's like inability to change. Like it's inevitable. Yeah. Right. You could argue that Eren was always destined to be a psycho. Because he was always a very extreme kid to begin with. Oh, seeing your mother getting eaten, it kind of does it to you. It's going to fuck you up. Yeah. But it's also this thing of where, you know, the future is, the, the beginning is the past, the beginning is the past, the beginning is the past. It's kind of like what would happen if, you know, or well, rather it really is like the type, you know, like Dr. Manhattan, which is another good example. Yeah. Like he can, he can see the future. He can see the past. He can see the present happening to him all at the same time. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite parts in Watchmen, both even in the movie and in the comic book, is Doctor Manhattan talking about all the things that are happening, as if they are happening at the same time. And that's probably what Aaron feels like. It's all happening at the same. And time. And he's accepting it. He's just like, yeah. What just... can you? What can you do? Like. When he explains to the to the chick he was with, that, mm. yeah, you're gonna feel lonely because I'm not paying attention to you, and you're gonna go and you're gonna bang, yeah, the guy, the owl man, yeah, and uh, you're gonna bang him, and he's not even bitter about it. He's just, uh, he's like, it's just what's gonna happen. It's just what's gonna happen. He is like seen it, and he's accepted. He's not mad. <laughs> he's just mm. like, ah. The only time he gets mad is that somebody throws him a curveball. Ozymandias yeah. throws him a curveball. That's right. That's that's all there is. But even then, it's like bad yeah. shit gonna happen regardless. Yeah. Right. Even with Ozymandias throwing him a curveball, it's it's a really interesting contrast between two ways you can approach fate. In a sense, yeah. you can either be like like Amy Adams in Arrival, and you know accept that. It's gonna suck, but it's going to it's going to be beautiful while while it happens. Mm-hmm. Or you or you're gonna be like Aaron, and be bitter and angry and bitter. Yet still go on with it. Yeah, which makes it even worse. Yeah, like he gives him like Aaron at the end was a complete cunt. Yeah, and he was like, I'm sorry, man. This is what's happened. This is what's gonna happen. You might as well try to make the best and I su- and I suppose best out of it. And I suppose that there really is so many ways you can deal with this properly if you know that what's going to happen is going to be terrible. Yeah. Right? It's one thing if you're just losing your kid and getting a divorce. It's another thing when you realize you're going to be mutant Hitler. (laughs) Yeah. But... To realize that... Like, what would... Yeah. Like, to realize that, that you're fated for destruction. Yeah. Even though you're not a bad person internally, yeah. you're, you're, you love your family, you love your people. Yeah. But that's the course your life is going to take. 
Kind of. It's kind of the reason why when people ask me, would you go back and kill baby Hitler? I don't know. They, they, they try and frame it as if it's an ethical situation. Like, yeah. Because Hitler has done That's it. always the case. Right. But it's not Hitler yet. He's not Hitler yet, right? So that's you a, that's the thing. It's like he's not Hitler yet. Ironically, that that sort of moral choice, even though you know what what's going to happen, might be the thing that causes Hitler to get fucked up and kill six million Jews. Yeah. You don't know that. No. You don't want to be the person who made Hitler Hitler because no. you tried to kill him. Yeah, I had a memory of. <laughs> yeah, what, what, I had a memory of a Jewish man trying to shoot me in the face when I was a kid, and my mother was feeding me with breast milk. Yeah, <laughs> and that's now I want to kill all the Jews. Yeah, you don't want to be that. You don't want to be that. You don't want to, or worse, you go and fuck your mother. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, yeah. We just like yeah, yeah. yeah. John Connor Hitler. John Connor him. Oh my God! You imagine you're the you yeah. go back, fuck a lady, and that baby becomes, becomes Hitler. Hitler. Oh, <laughs> that's re- reverse Skynet. <laughs> that's not oh, great. Fuck. I went back to find him. I couldn't. But this lady came and I was like, "Hey, want a good time?" I was like, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> and then now we have Hitler. In Jesus. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. That's not a great thing, though. There is uh, an alternative to the whole sort of like stable time loop. The beginning is the end is the beginning is the end, which is why the song was used in Watchmen, right? Yeah. Um, The idea of like multiple dimensions, which is what Rick and Morty does. Yeah, that's something that I kind of play with a little bit in my head. Like, would there be... Would there be multiple dimensions? I don't know. String theory talks about Could. multiple dimensions with regards to just how subatomic particles move, right? The reason I think there's some validity to the concept of yeah multiple dimensions is that you're gonna travel in time yeah. and you're gonna go back yeah and you're gonna try something right uh, and it's gonna cause a loop cause a new dimension because here's the thing just because you did that does not mean that my i'm still going i'm still here yeah yeah. i still have another appointment i have another work i need to do something so the people have this idea that once somebody time travels everything at the moment he time travels is going to freeze no life is going to go on yeah so what if that caught you going back and making a change yeah. It's going to cause a new reality for you where yeah. that change is going to, you're going to live through that change. Yeah. But my reality remains the same. That I saw you, bye-bye, I'm going to go to my appointment, have my dinner. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of brings validity to the idea that there's like parallel universes where different, different decisions are being made. Yeah. However, I don't like the idea of parallel universes yeah. much because it's a very... Supposedly, in my mind, makes things pointless. It sense. does kind of. That's kind of what Rick and Morty sort of the nihilism of like yeah, nothing matters because everything has happened. I think a better example of this of the feeling that multiple uh, multiverse would make things deeply meaningless would be um, that one Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. Where you have like an evil Justice League trying to kill off, um, trying to invading the the main timeline, mm-hmm. and then their universe is Batman, who is Owl Man, tries to kill the you know the 
the Prime. Universe. Earth Prime, yeah. Earth Prime. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Because he's so deeply nihilistic. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what this decision you make. There's always going to be a version of you who did all of the decisions and your choices don't matter. Yeah. Right. So what does it matter? I'm. He's just going to destroy all of the multiverses all at one point. Yeah. You know, because there's no point to any of this, right? Mm. Um, but it's like, but the conclusion is kind of the same, both for, both for Amy Adams choosing to live her life, even though she knows how it's going to live out. And also for that particular Justice League movie where you know your decisions don't matter. Or for that matter, that one episode in Rick and Morty where they swap universes because everybody died. Yeah, that was a... Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they hit uh, Rick Cronenberg, uh, the entire planet. Yeah. And everybody turned into these meaty blobs. Yeah. And uh, because he couldn't fix it anymore, he decided to like just change timeline. Yeah. And went to a parallel universe where his version, uh, that version of Rick and Morty died. Yeah. And he appears in that moment. And it just, but you realize that he was so okay with it as well. Because he's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Because it doesn't, because when they, when they put themselves into that universe, it's like the same as everything else. Right? Yeah. We know it still matters to the deep down inside much later on. Yeah. But at that point, he's just so, he's just so worn out that whatever works yeah works but ironically that kind of attitude isn't in all bad like so long as you're not doing it because you've given up if you're doing it because you keep wanting to live that's probably better in yeah. my personal opinion right hmm. because the the problem with the problem i have with rick is that he's always right but he's also, but morally, he's always wrong. Yeah. Like his, the way that the things that he does is morally all, completely wrong. Right. But it's more like, it's more like what he's doing is correct for the situation that you're in. But you doing, but you do it because you're resentful and you just and you just keep want to you just keep wanting to escape yeah hyper you know because realistically speaking there's no point in living in a cronenberg universe obviously not no right so you go to a universe when you already when you've died and you take over there and the family there gets to gets to live out the rest of their lives as if you've never died that's kind of good when you think about it, because okay, you are not the actual people that died. Yeah, but they're still your family. But they're, but they're still your family in a way, and they don't get to mourn your loss. They don't get to mourn your loss. You get to have them back, and that's still fine. Yeah, because that's what you got. That's all that's you got. What, that's all you got, right? You don't mourn over the fact that the universe or the multiverse makes things not matter. Because at the end of the day, you're living out your life. Time keeps moving forward. The people in your life keep mattering. We know that 
the Rick that is in that main universe isn't the Rick that's supposed to be in that universe. Yeah. You know, his real family died a long time ago. Yeah. He, was, he, never, he never even had Summer. He never even had Summer. He realized that the Rick that we speak with never yeah. had a daughter. Never had a daughter. No. Right. He's just this interloper, but he keeps living like it's real, like it's his real family. Yeah. And at some point, loves them as if it's his real family real, as well. Whether he whether he wants to act like he's too good for it or not, he mm. does. Yeah. Right. And as much as even the writers are trying to make Rick not matter, because this is kind of the problem I have with Rick and Morty. Yeah. They've developed so much depth into the storyline, and yet they still want to make the the ending of each episode pretend like everything is just a joke and nothing matters. They have kind of separated from that, which I miss, yeah. in a sense, because um, they really gave a lot of weight to the character of Rick yeah. because of that. Yeah. Um, you do see him as becoming less and less nihilistic. Right. Just because of his bond with the family and all right. that. But um, they have kind of separated from it to a great degree now when they they kind of they they were sex mocking out a lot of the yeah storylines because I think even they were feeling the pressure of dealing with the amount of lore they built around the whole yeah. nihilism of the character, uh, the whole idea of like he is a guy who's a super intellect. Mm. He can travel through time, which he does once, yeah. even though the writers really didn't want to do a time travel. Yeah. And he knows that all of his actions has been done multiple times. He has no issue doing yeah. something morally fucked up. Right. Um, but they pulled out of that kind of a rhythm. And now you have a very much more different Rick and Morty now. Yeah. Uh, that does not address that. Yeah. Because I was wishing for... A full cycle maturation, right. or like a full cycle. Um, you were waiting for Rick and Morty to have its Bojack Horseman moment. Yes. Right. Bojack Horseman. I don't want to watch that shit because it's like it's, it's too close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know it's gonna hit close to home, and yeah. I'm not gonna be able to handle it. Right. I I'll be able to handle it. It's just that do I want to put myself through it? No. Yeah. Rick and Morty, I think at one point they decided to abandon all of that yeah. weight of philosophical nihilism, which yeah. I think was what, number one, was kind of the zeitgeist yeah. when it was at the time. Yeah. Uh, it came out around the same time with the Bojack Horseman. Yeah. Um, there was, it was an era of bleak, bleak anime, basically. Yeah. Bleak, bleak animations. Yeah. There was another one, like, show came called, called uh, Gary and His Demons. Yeah. Who's about this... 50-year-old uh, demon hunter who's yes, like yeah. bald in the head with a mustache yeah, and because yeah. he's the chosen one yeah. and he doesn't give a shit about that. He's just sad. He wants to retire because yeah. uh, the love of his life is dead and all that. Right, right, so there was right. all of that but then they suddenly like, I don't know what changed in the world that that kind of went out the window. I think the, I think the writers from the get-go wanted to just make a show that was a platform for jokes. Yeah. And if they committed to any episodic growth, they wouldn't be able to get that anymore. The show would have taken itself too seriously and mm -hmm. it would have stopped being funny. Yeah. To me, that's cowardly. 
because you've already put this thing on the path and now you want to live in denial that everything that, that everything is a joke and nothing matters. And in a way, the show became like Rick. You want to believe that everything is a joke and nothing matters. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some of us, the audience, became like Marty. Some of us became like evil Marty and we just want to leave this fucking shit. Mm. Like, yeah. I think there was a little bit of that involved. Yeah. And they, I think they also felt that. Yeah. Because have you, I don't know, have you reached the evil Morty part of yeah, like yeah, he yeah. goes to another universe? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, they kind of felt the pressure of like dealing with all of this right. um, lore that I don't think they knew how to fucking wrap up. I mean, yeah. they knew, but they kind of just was like, can we be done with this concept of this side of Rick and move to the other part? And my question is, why? Why do you want to be done with it? You've I made know a, why. You've made a three-dimensional character for once I in your life. I kind of know why. Yeah. It's just the... Uh, no, I, it is so cowardly. Yeah. But... Uh, you know, remember Lost? Yeah. I, we're digressing from time travel, I know. But yeah. the, I'm just like making this point on this. Lost... Well, there is some time travel there. Yeah. Lost had time travel. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm mentioning this just as the, as the arc of the entire story. Yeah. Lost came out as the first season was spectacular. Yeah. You have this insane room for your imagination to take over. Right. With this very mysterious story that you really want to dig into. Your teeth right. And you're like, what's this smoke thing? What's a monster? Who are these people? Why can't they find all of that? Right. They did not expect it to go for seven seasons. Right. Or I don't know how many seasons they went to. Yeah. And they did not expect to go for this long. So they think it dragged on for so long that in the end, you suddenly realize that they, they were like, oh, guys, we kind of have to address what the fuck the smoke monster is. Oh, right. we make that a fucking concept for Adam and Eve. Right. They had to find something to write. Yeah. You build something so, for so long, for so so much, yeah. for so long, that trying to make sense of it at the end is going to be problematic for you. And I think they were trying to avoid that. That's what I felt from it. Because even though like they kind of wrapped it up and they did take their time a little bit with it, but mm -hmm. I think if they had gone for another two seasons with the evil Morty and all that, yeah, and and the nihilism of Rick, yeah, it would have. Uh, they would not have the confidence to wrap it up. Then we would have a, the smoke monster who's a dude kind of a scenario. That the, the 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 outcome of it, was, because once we found out what a smoke monster was, and the, of course the writers did a shitty job at that for sure, we were all like disappointed. We were like, what? The way how I see it is that the writers are so used to writing the characters in a particular way. Yeah. The only thing they can do is revert back to how they were when they were interesting. Yeah. And they can't deal with change. Not really. Um, and they sort of like dread the inevitable, right? Which is what yeah. you're not supposed to do. Otherwise, you're just Aaron Yeager. Aaron Yeager. <laughs> you know? You, you, you follow the track logically... You know, you follow the episodic evolution of Marty logically. He's eventually going to change. Yeah. Like, I'm like, uh, your girlfriend mentioned that he became less and less drunk over time. That was a very interesting observation. Yeah. Right. She mentioned that Rick is not drinking as much. Yeah. He's no longer drooling at all. Right. So there was a change in there. Yeah. 
Like even the writers, I'm not sure if they intended for this, but if they didn't, it seems like the story itself was evolving without them. Yeah. As it began to mature. Yeah. They could have easily just forgotten to get them to drink something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or, or they just matured out of it in a sense. Like some of them, like, probably. But then you then you the question is whether where do the stakes come from? If if Rick is improving, where do you get the adventures? Right? Because the only reason he's doing the thing is mm-hmm. that he's Don't an unstable human being. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but then you find other things. You find other reasons to keep shit going, which yeah. is what you do when your universe turns into Cronenberg and now you have to take the place of somebody who's dead. Yeah. You keep living. That's that's the whole point of living in a world where either you know that bad things are going to happen to you or all of the things are going to happen to you. you yeah. Keep, you keep moving forward. It's Albert Camus and shoving, learning how to shove a rock with a smile on your face. You know? Yeah. And recently, of course, there's a side note on this, is that they're kind of going back to it because now they know like they kind of neglected some parts. Mm. Uh, they're trying to go like the person who killed Rick's family. Yeah. Like they're trying to dwell into that, which is always a, the thing is that the character of Rick was a, is a, not, not just a driving force, but the mystery behind them was the driving force. Right. Um, but trying to bring this back to time travel, for example. Yeah. Um, he doesn't do time travel. He couldn't. He doesn't go back in time to try to save his wife or anything. No, yeah. not really. Um, there only. What is the worst story that has dealt with time travel in the worst possible manner recently that I've seen? It would be God of War, actually. Hmm? God of War. God of War? Yeah, God of War. God of War is the only story that I'm looking at now that dealt with the concept of time travel in a manner that, oh, it was fun. It, yeah. it dealt with it as it dealt with it. Yeah. Uh, does it make sense? No. Okay. But uh, he, Kratos goes back in time. Yeah. Takes the Titans back in time with him to okay. fight, uh, fight Zeus. Right. Okay. And there's no consequences or ramifications to the future of the story. Here. Right. It's just that Kratos goes back in time with an army of Titans. Right. Um, so that's one story that we could tell. Like, he just looked at time travel as a matter of fun to just... Yeah, he goes back, he kills Zeus and with no touching upon what the future holds for it. There is this sort of notion that sometimes time travel can just be a deus ex machina. That's why the writers of Rick and Morty were trying to avoid it. Because right. if you open that can of worms, yeah. when are you going to really... Well, once you've already established a multiverse, traveling back in time, no matter how hard you try, makes no, makes no difference. Yeah. You're just making them another universe, right? Yeah. And we've already established that the Rickverse is a curated selection of universes where Rick always wins out, yeah. basically. So... So time travel is mute, is moot yeah. in, in the Rick and Morty universe. So that's not really an issue there. Mm. Uh, there, are, there are moments where time travel does feel like, you know, does feel like a deus ex machina. Like Superman 2 when he goes around the world. Yeah, saving, saving Lois. Yeah. yeah. When you think about it, any story where it ends with a, it was all a dream... Mm. Yeah. It's basically time travel because you are 
traveling back to the point where of waking up I mean, of waking up of the bedtime yeah, yeah. like the, like click for instance oh yeah like and there's an I've been oh yeah I was just remembering Kate Beckinsale and her yeah Pocahontas outfit <laughs> I mean there's that <laughs> but there's also like this movie had so much gravitas when when his dad died in the rain when he yeah. died in the rain yeah it managed to really pull strings on your heart that point yeah and I suppose t- Tonally, it didn't make any sense for the rest of the movie. No. But it doesn't have to be. And I think that's the reason why the reason why you allowed Adam Sandler to essentially travel back in time to to the point where he wakes up. Right? Yeah, to give him a basically is I don't know, it's like God or Angel of Death giving him a lesson. More or less. Yeah. You know? It's like, hey, you know, you can still do it. At the end, even he offers him the 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 remote yeah. as a gift again. But yeah. he throws away. Right. But, yeah. But that's the lesson. It's like, hey, you know, everything you went through? Yeah. Okay, I'll wipe it up. Now you know you fucked up. That's kind of the thing. Like, with regards to time travel stories where the time loop is stable and you ha- and you live with the consequences of what you do, though that those tend to be far more better stories. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Looper? One of yeah. the, the best time traveling stories yeah. that I've seen. I, Though it does not go with the, any of the paradoxes and, no. and shit. Um, it is amazing. No, actually, it does, to be honest, if you look at it. It is a bit weird because I still have the dude, I still have that, that, I still have that scene in my head where the dude is just slowly losing his limbs over oh, time, yeah. which is quite horrific. Yes. But you get the feeling that, you know, at some point, if, you t- if you're cutting off his legs, he's not going to be able to get to the point where he's losing his legs at the time where he's losing his legs. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the thing is, is that there's all, here's the thing, because they were both in the same timeline. Yeah. Your problem is that if, because it was slowly fading. Yeah. What, what was your problem exactly? My problem is that as the dude is trying to escape with the MacGuffin of yeah. the story, he suddenly notices that his nose is gone. Yeah. Then his fingers are gone, then his arms is gone, then his legs are gone. Everything is slowly right. going away. But at some point, you're going to lose enough limbs for the butterfly effect to take place and you he wouldn't even be there in the first place, right? Because you're dealing with like very complicated cause and effect here. Yeah. And... At some point, he's not even going to be around to steal the thing in the first place. You know what I mean? The thing for that is that they were both in the same timeline. Yeah. And everything up until that point has occurred. No. Oh, oh, there is. Yeah, now I see your point. Yeah. Because he has to grow old to be there in the first place. Yes. No, yeah, sorry, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you're so, chopping so up the chopping up the guy, then he's he's not he's not gonna get he's not like, gonna be sent back in time to be in front right. of himself again. Yes. Because he's already dead. Yeah. But oh granted, no no, 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 you're completely right. That's yeah. a that's a that's a uh, plot issue. That's kind of a plot issue. Yeah. Because at the end they do do shoot the old dude. Yeah. But the thing is the other guy is completely chopped up. Yeah. He's gone. He's gone. 
So it's like so if they had shown him, eh, still wouldn't work. Yeah, no, it's fucked up. It's a yeah. it's a writer's it's a writing. It's issue. a writer's thing. I like the general feel and tone of the story. It makes sense for the it makes sense as an emotional part part like get the audience riled up. Yeah, yeah. Like because they chop the hand off in current yeah. time, the future loses the hand. It's very cinematically right. appealing, but yeah. Uh, it doesn't make sense because it's like, well, he never really made it to that that age. No, of course, if you not. chop the hand off now. No, unless unless the person at the end of the story is like a mastermind that can see everything mm. and can remember everything that happens in the past, and all you're doing is just fulfilling destiny yeah. by traveling back to the past to make sure that everything's happening. Yeah, the loop doesn't quite happen no you know yeah i get yeah. that you got to go back in time to like kill somebody as they're appearing or whatever the the thing is is that uh, the mafia of the future creates a time machine that, yeah that, that's that was a story yeah in the future they develop a time machine and they yeah. send people back yeah from the mafia to yes. actually uh, form organization in the past right and one of the things that they would do also in the, the future mafia would send people from the future that they want whacked yeah. to the past. Yeah. So these people who are loopers yeah. would kill them. And because they're in the past, you can trace the body. Everything's right, fucked right. up. But every looper at one point has to kill himself, kill his older self. Right. His older self would be sent to the past with a hefty reward. Right. Uh, and that's something that everybody agreed to do. Right. And uh, that was the whole shtick of the story. Right. Some of the loopers, including the guy who had his nose chopped off, a hand chopped yeah. off, he failed to kill himself. Right. And his older version was sent to the past and he was about to shoot him. Yeah. And that also goes for Joseph Gordon Levitt yeah. when, when Bruce Willis was sent to the past. Right. And uh, where the whole plot ensues. But then you kind of have to like look at it like, and then he shoots himself in the chest. Yeah, at the end of the story. Yeah, that's a huge plot hole in a yeah. sense for him. Like, well, he didn't ever grow old. But then it kind of goes, but you can also take a look at it like it does fit into time paradox where Joseph Gordon-Levitt kills yeah. himself. Hence the time, the new timeline of yeah. like, there's a, this would be the timeline where uh, the baby and the mother survived. Yeah. And he never grew old because right. he sacrificed himself. Right. So this will tie into the Rick and Morty and now we are like full circle in that sense. Kind of. Uh, I don't know. I think... I think in, the, in, in some way there's a lot of potential in Rick and Morty to develop a story about how interdimensional hopping, which to me is just a function of time travel, is is a testament to how you learn to live on through time, mm. even when all of the decisions that your your alternate selves have made have led to less than savory less than savory circumstances, right? Yeah. You know that doesn't quite happen with Looper, although I can concede that, you know, he he learns to he learns to live even though he's eventually gonna die. Yeah. Right. Which is all of us, really. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to know when you die? And yeah. how you die? 
Yeah, I would. At least it'll it'll still give me a timeline. Mm. You know? Like, if I knew I was gonna like, okay. I once I once met a woman who was like a, a cast member on like a play I was doing. Mm-hmm. And she got a cancer scare. Okay. And it completely altered her life. Alright. Because for once in her life she was unbound to all the things that she didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, you know, she separated from her husband. The relationship was not good, supposedly. I don't know. Yeah. You know, went to see the world, shaved her head, etc. You know, all the typical. Yeah. You know, the boxes for cancer diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. All of this. Then found out that it was like, then found out much later on that, you know... Benign. Benign. Yeah. Right. But imagine if... But ima- imagine if she was fine. She would have coached it through, through her life if, if she thought she was going to be in this thing. For, this is a weird paradox with human behavior, I notice. Like... The longer you live, the less you're going to change it. And then when you realize you don't have that much time... Then you might do something about it. You're going to do something about it. And it gives you a deadline. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. I don't know what it is about a deadline that makes us move our ass away from shit that we know we don't want. Whereas if there's plenty of time... We will take we'll, our sweet time. We'll, we'll take our sweet time. Maybe because we think that we can change later. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, you're just prolonging the stuff that you don't want. Mm. And when you think about it logically, that makes no goddamn sense. Really. No, no, it doesn't. But, okay, I understand that this is kind of how we got to think because if you make rash decisions and you got a long time to live with them, this might not be a good idea. So I really want to know how much time I got. Because if it's going to be a long while, I don't want... Actually, you know, it probably doesn't matter. Because the takeaway is the same. If you've got a long, a lot of time left to live, you probably don't want to... You probably either don't want to fuck it up if it's Mm -hmm. good, or if you were honest with yourself, you don't want to stay like this. For even longer than you have to. Yeah. And if you don't have that much time left, you may wanna actually be, you may actually wanna just, you know, chill out, enjoy it, enjoy what you got. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, either way, either way, you gotta change. Either way, yeah, something needs to happen from you. Yeah. Yeah. I had a dream when I was a kid and then somebody came to me and said, you'll die at 48. Mm. And something to me that always thinks I'm going to die before 50 for sure. But yeah, I think I would love to know when I die. Yeah. For certain. I don't think I want to know how I die. But because then it's going to cause that. Let's say if it's a very horrific way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like burn to death. Yeah, <laughs> slowly on the, but uh, no, nah. or eaten alive in Congo, no. Nah. Mm. 
I don't think I want to know how I die. But I mean, I I'll, like to think that if I know I'm going to be burned alive, I might want to. I might want to take some painkillers before that happens. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I have a fucking vial of morphine. Yeah. Just around the corner. Like a tooth full of like a tooth full of fentanyl that you that yeah. you bite into right before. Yeah. <laughs> And suppose how you because the thing is like when you know how you die you try to change it then yeah. it's gonna make it happen kind of that's what Odin was always af- afraid of self fulfilling like, prophecy yeah so he sacrificed himself to himself mm-hmm. he cut out an eye the Odin the god of uh, Norse mythology yeah he took all kinds of potions uh, and both in the game of um, uh, the game is different yeah know, the different character but in the original mythology is this somebody's obsessed with his future mm. and uh, in the end he still dies it's the it's... Uh, he sees his demise he tries to stop it he dies because of this the i forgot the name freaky no no, no Fre- what was the name of the wolf in the norse mythology mm, i forget yeah, the he, the giant wolf. The he sees him and he th- thinks that this is gonna be my demise. Mm-hmm. He bounds him, and the wolf looks at him and is like, you know what? I was gonna be nice to you and loyal to you, but now that you bound me, I'm gonna fuck you when the time comes. And uh, yeah, he does. Yeah, it's like it's like Oedipus Rex, right? He yeah. he gets the prophecy that this is gonna be how he dies, and then he does everything he can to make sure it doesn't happen, and then next thing you know. Yeah. Next thing you know, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> or like Moses, like he gets a prophecy that you know you're gonna be, you're gonna be killed by the, by your own son or whatever. And next thing you know, Moses dies by his own with his own son. I mean, his son kills him. He gets adopted into the into the Pharaoh's family. Remember? Ah, oh, sorry, no, no. I thought you said Moses gets killed by his own son. No, no, no. Oh yeah. So Moses is the son that gets to kill his dad. Gets to kill his dad, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah, he does get adopted into the Pharaoh's yeah, family yeah. and all that. And you know, or whole Godfather like scenario happens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with Abraham. I think Abraham was the same story. Like the Nimrod like dreams as a kid comes and overthrows him and yeah. orders all the kids to die. He's the one that survives and yeah. overthrows Nim- Nimrod. Yeah, no, it's the same old thing. You never learn. No, you never learn. Yeah. It just be tripping. <laughs> <laughs> so this very interesting thing this is a very interesting thing about time travel that it's they're ultimately these these um moral experiment thought experiments about fate and changing it mm. or accepting stuff or you know how how important love is to us. Yeah, there's this there's this poem by by um, oh dear I can't remember her name Maya Angelou. Okay, you no, know. No. Okay. Uh, uh, I was always we loved each other in and out of time, mm. in and out, in and out, in and out of time. Yeah, uh, I can't remember the whole poem, but that's the refrain of the whole poem. Okay, and it's always in and out of time, as if, as if it's like. I loved you, long before, and I long I will love you long after, 
I love you through these moments from you know from the time the first from the time the first rock hit the sun to the first time the tree hit the sky you know mm. because it was like because in the poem she she talks about how loving this person was like was going to happen and it's very interesting to think of love as a function of time love as a function of time mm. oh, that's poetic yeah that's very poetic I like because, that because we see these because we go back to the to, to when we started this part about how about how romance is kind of a kind of an inevitable part of the plot of time travel or anything revolving time yeah you know even in Bill and Ted's Adventures when they're, when they're fucking around with the timeline like nobody's business they marry princesses yeah, and they become part of the band almost, right? And I don't know how they're displacing the timeline this way and getting away with it, but I guess it's fine, you know. It's Bill and Ted, um, and how all of these other stories evolve, like romance through time, like Back to the Future is the same thing, um. You know, almost bangs his mom, but he's trying to get his dad to bang his mom. So like, you know. hot top time machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, talk about the time travel. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you have to make sure your buddy bangs your sister. <laughs> so your, so your, so your nephew is born. I guess. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and like, and you had to like John Cusack had to sit and be like, all right, go finish it. Because oh, they were seeing that the the nephew is disappearing, and oh. John Cusack looks at the bald dude is like, "All right, go." <laughs> yeah, and you hear the moaning and like mm. the black dude is like put his hand on John Cusack's shoulder and he's like, "Don't, don't touch me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my sister's getting carried by it right oh, now. <laughs> oh man, that's yeah. that's hard. That is not not great. But yeah, I do like this idea of. I do like this idea of when, when you love, whether it's uh, whether it's a romantic partner, whether it's your family, whether it's friends, you do it through time. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you through it through time, people. You, you do it over time. What? You do it. You do it through time, people. You do it through time. <laughs> ah. I think we can wrap it up with this. Yeah. Any other point? <laughs> Any other point? How do we summarize this? Uh, how do we bring this all together? I think our time is up. Hey, <laughs> that's it, folks. Yeah. More philosophical than I expected episode yeah. of the Persian perspective. Uh, yeah. Thanks to the two of you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Till yeah. the next episode. Yeah. And keep banging. Hello. Keep banging. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is it? Love is better when you when you do it long time. Yeah. Also, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> <laughs>